Welcome to Church on the Hill. Everybody doing good? Did it rain last week? Too soon. Sorry. Rain brings life. So does the sunshine. Um, I want to encourage you fathers. This is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. But that word that Elizabeth gave, those stats, you make a difference, whether you know it or not. Whether you're a deadbeat dad or you're not, you are making some kind of difference in your family. Whether it's good or bad, why not make a good difference in your family? Get back in the play, on the playing field with your wife, with your children. I don't mean go in and dominate, take over. I mean be a great father. Be a great husband. Get better. Don't get bitter. Get better. Read. Study. Realize you could probably improve. It's the whole thing about this being connected, this whole connected series, is if we could realize and really grasp that I've got room to grow, that my basket has room for more fruit. Anybody here, does your basket have more room for more fruit? All right. Well, you know who we need? We need God. We need the Lord. And my question is, how bad do you need Him? Uh Uh-oh. Are we dying? Hey, all right. Have you ever been disconnected? Uh, Elizabeth and I just um, was on the phone yesterday, and I was driving down um, Spencer Mountain, and the cell service is terrible. And sometimes you're right in the middle of a key time talking. It didn't happen this time, but sometimes you're in a tense moment talking and you get disconnected and the other end is thinking, hmm, what just happened? And you get disconnected. And you can get frustrated. But now going through Spencer Mountain, it has a bad signal. You know it. Going from here to Chattanooga, you lose the signal. What about your signal with your wife? What about the signal, your connection with your kids? What about the connection at your job? Remember back to your first month of working at your job and how great it was and how badly you wanted to connect and be a part and find your part. Now you've been there three or four years and you're like, man, it doesn't feel like it did then. You need a new connection. You need to reconnect. You've disconnected somewhere. And don't blame it on somebody else. Turn the focus back to you. I have disconnected. What about God? What about your walk with the Lord? Well, that's where we are. And if you brought your Bibles, I want to encourage you over and over and over. We are a relatively technology-driven church. We do put everything up there for you. We've got a website. We've got apps. We've got stuff that you can do. But you need your Bible. You need to bring your Bible. Why? Because it will go home with you. If you've got one on your phone, that's fine. You older generation, don't yell at my younger generation for having their phones out. That's their Bible. Uh, Younger younger generation, give me an amen. Thank you. We've had a lot of people getting into the uh, Twitter and tweeting and stuff like that, and they're they're sharing the, the word out to their people. It's the way people connect right now. So, now if you're on your phone goofing off, quit. Now, older generation, give me a big amen. Yeah, well, it's a bigger amen than the one where I was supporting you younger people. All right. So, John chapter 15. 
And I would encourage you, if you have an app on your phone with a Bible, you need to be able to highlight. You need to be able to go back. You need to be able to take notes and be able to go back to what you read. Realize that if you change apps, you're going to lose your notes. That's why you need this thing. Younger people, this is a Bible. It's just paper, words on paper. But there's life in this words on paper. And I can mark all over it. It's mine. I can dog ear. I can go back to it. How many of you have Bibles from when your grandparents, that your grandparents gave you? Apps die. Phones die. Those old Bibles will still work. What about that? That'll preach. All right. Connected. John chapter 15. Are you there? All right, let's go. Help me out, Mikey, if I get behind. We are connecting to God. Here we go. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3. You are already clean because the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Everybody say, abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that this word go directly into our heart. And Lord, regardless of what we've come in here with, with what we're doing in our lives, with what we've got going on in our minds, with the images that we have allowed to come into our minds, with the objects and the things that we have actually let come into our bodies, Lord, I just ask right now that you just break any hindrance that would keep us from receiving this word right now. That we would hear this word, that our hearts would be good soil, and that, Lord, we could receive this word today. Your word, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is a little bit of a recap from last time, two weeks ago. The metaphor of the, uh, the metaphor of the vineyard. Jesus is the vine. The Father is the vine dresser. You and I are the branches. If you look here, I had some people really get impacted by this view, um, and I wanted to bring this back for you guys to see. We're not the fruit. We're not the vine. We are the branch. In the vineyard, the branches are the focus of the vine dresser's efforts because they produce the fruit. Branches you can see here are tied up to a trellis up to about three to four feet high so that the vine dresser, it's there that he can see, he can get his hands on, he's not having to bend over, he's not having to work hard to get to it. It is right there for him to use. The Lord wants you right there for him to get his hands on you. Right in the right place. Do you know on the ground it won't grow? It'll just slow down and get stunted and there won't be any fruit if it's left on the ground. If it's left to shoot straight up, it's going to have trouble. Gravity's going to want to pull it. It's got to get on that, on that trellis. The vine dresser knows the perfect place for your, your placement for you to grow the best. And he cultivates the vine dresser. Who's the vine dresser? The father. He, uh, the vine dresser cultivates each branch so that it will bear as much fruit as possible. So I want to ask you, 
How valuable is fruit bearing? Is fruit bearing important in Scripture? John chapter 15 verse 16 says, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. You have been chosen to bear fruit. Every one of you. You are believing a lie if you believe you're not one that's supposed to bear fruit. Everybody say amen. Amen. There are four distinct levels of fruit bearing. Again, this is still recap. Four distinct levels. And remember, what is the key to fruit bearing? It is being connected to the vine. If you remember from the first time we talked about this, what is the vine? Jesus is the vine. What is Jesus? Jesus is the Word. John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is the Word. We must be connected to the Word of God. You connect to the Word of God. Do you know who you connect to? You connect to Jesus Himself. When you connect to Jesus Himself, you will bear fruit. If that is disconnected, you won't. All right, we having fun? uh, Let me tell you, I like people to tell me something that will help me. This word that Jesus is giving to his disciples right before he's about to be crucified is a word to help them. Jesus is saying, I am throwing you a life preserver. More than that, an abundant life preserver. It's not just a little thing that's just going to barely keep you above water. It's an abundant life preserver. It's a good word. I don't know that I've ever heard that. I think that's just a good revelation. Life preserver. Good, uh, abundant life preserver. All right, no fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Where do you fit? Are you a fruit? No, you're a branch. Yeah, all right. So, are we producing fruit or not? The Father wants us so much to produce fruit that he actively tends to our lives and will keep us moving up from a barren to a productive life, from an empty to an overflowing basket. I was walking down here just thinking, Lord, I want an overflowing basket, and my basket is not overflowing. The problem is not you, Lord. The problem is me. So, Lord, where do I need to change? Where do I need to improve? Not, God, you're really messing up. Fill up my basket. Lord, fill up my basket. That's what we pray a lot. Lord, fill up my basket. Which is, no, 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 connect to me. And you can't keep it from getting full. Connect to me. Choose me. So, we looked last week at the first basket, the empty basket. So, I want to ask you again in your life, what kind of fruit do you see? And it is not some phenomenon that you bear fruit. You were chosen. You were created to bear fruit. And the branch does not have to work at bearing fruit. No work needed. You just have to be connected to the vine. If you're as long as you're connected to the vine, as long as the vine dresser is getting you going in the right direction, you're going to bear fruit. All right, so that's me. I am here to bear fruit. The empty basket. The barren branch. John 15, 2. We just read it. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Remember from last time? 
If your life consistently bears no, no fruit, God will intervene to discipline you. I don't want to stay here. I want to move on because disciplining is not fun. But God loves you so much, it says those that he loves, he chastises, he disciplines. Good fathers that love their children discipline their children. I didn't say abuse their children. I didn't say hurt their children. They help their children. God's discipline helps us. It doesn't feel good, but it helps us. And I want you to know, last two Sundays ago, we had an absolute move of God. We had two words that came forth through tongues. We, I feel like we had a complete repentive, a repentive spirit in this place. And I want you to know that everywhere I've studied revival, how many here wants revival? You know what revival is? Revival is just a, a move of, of, of our heart. It's God moving our heart. It's us moving according to God. It's not, it's not where we all just flow in here and we have great songs saying and, and everybody puts their hands up and we run around the aisles and stuff. It's a, a genuine man's hardened heart moving. A woman's hardened heart moving. And do you know how revival, all the studies I've done on revival come from? It comes from repentance and prayer. And we had a repentance move of God two Sundays ago. I want you to know God is wanting to move in your heart. God desires revival at Church on the Hill. And I believe it's starting to happen. A repentive heart, I believe, is, a, in my opinion, a bigger miracle than a miracle of healing. A man's heart is hard to turn. A man's heart is hard to turn. And I want you to know I believe that men and women's heart in this church is starting to turn. The reason I'm trying to encourage you here is because God, you're going to start bearing fruit. Your basket's going to start to fill up. Get ready. Get excited. Get connected. Get motivated to get connected. All right. So, he disciplines us. Next basket. Going from fruit to having fruit and also more fruit. Having fruit also more fruit. Again, John chapter 15, verse 2 says, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. If your life bears some fruit, God will intervene to prune you. If necessary, God will risk your understanding, your misunderstanding of his methods and his motives. It is his desire to cut away immature commitments and lesser priorities in order to make room for an even greater abundance of his glory. Church, this is where the church is. We have got so many things going on that we are not bearing fruit anywhere. We get so busy. And the Lord wants to prune you to make you effective. Another study of the vineyard. Now, I want you to follow me with this. Hang in here with me just for a second. Left to itself, a grape plant will always favor new growth over more grapes. If a branch is left to itself, it will favor 
new growth over more grapes. Now, new growth at first looks awesome. Man, just shoots going everywhere. Little leaves going everywhere. And you're thinking, well, man, this is awesome. But come harvest time, no grapes. And the vine dresser's job is not new growth. Even though he will allow new growth to happen, the vine dresser's job is more grapes. So many times we get a lot of great things going. Think about your marriage. Think about your time at home. Think about your job. You get a thousand things going, and they're all good stuff, but no fruit. But now look at everything I'm doing. Isn't that good? I guess. What's it producing? What's it producing? Well, not much. Well, I'm glad you got all that new stuff, but we need to produce. The vine dresser says, Let's not focus on all this new growth. Let's focus on getting you more production, more grapes. I love grapes. I love grapes. I eat all the grapes that we have. Ask Michelle, we have it here at the church too. I love grapes. We need to produce more grapes. You know, it'd be awesome is to look out in this church body and see grapes. I'm not kidding. Now, I'm, I'm speaking figuratively now, not literally. I don't want you coming in here with, oh, well, I don't know, I'd probably be okay, but I can't eat them that fast. They'll die. Grapes. Wouldn't it be awesome to look out at your family and there's a vineyard of grapes everywhere you look? Just make, puts a smile on my face. Grapes. Prune, in fact, pruning is the grower's single most important technique for ensuring a plentiful harvest. Do you ever feel like that you are working so hard with nothing to show for it? Do you feel like that in your career? Do you feel like that in your marriage with your relationships? I mean, you're trying so hard. You're, you're in that wheel like the mouse, and you're running like crazy with nothing to show for it. Do you know what you need? You need pruning. And you know, the thing is, you can look at those things that you're doing and say, that's a pretty good thing. And it is in itself. That's not bad. It's not like you're out here sinning. It's not sin. It's just gotten you off target. Man, am I, am I preaching to the choir here, or are you guys getting this? Without pruning, you will never reach your potential. Without pruning, without God's pruning, you will never reach your potential. For the Christian, rampant growth represents all those preoccupations and priorities in our lives that are not wrong, but are keeping us from more significant ministry for God. Without pruning, Christians will grow, will only be able to live up to a fraction of their potential. God's pruning cuts away parts of our lives that drains precious time and energy 
from what is truly important. And God wants to not only bless your ministry of his kingdom, he wants to bless the work of your hands. He he has given us wisdom to create wealth. He wants you to produce in every area of your life. If it's not producing, he wants to clip it. Either to make it to produce or to stop it altogether and you go in a different direction. I don't know about you, but this speaks directly to me. Can we get sidetracked on things that are not important? Yes. Yes. I want to ask you a question. Are you praying for more fruit in your life? If you're not, why aren't you? It's why you were chosen by God. Why would you not want more fruit? I want more fruit. Does that make me selfish, greedy? No. Scripture says I'm supposed to produce more fruit. So what's wrong with me wanting more fruit? Maybe you don't. I do. I want more fruit. So I pray and I ask God for more fruit. Anybody ever done that? You ever prayed for more finances? Have you ever prayed for more mercy? Have you ever prayed for more grace? Have you ever prayed for favor? Have you ever asked God to help you in a situation? What are you asking for? Fruit. I need fruit right here, God. I need you. I need you to come through for me. So, are you asking God for more fruit? More of God in your life? If the answer is yes, then you are asking for the shears. It's what you're asking for, and it's right. You want to say, ooh, maybe I won't ask for that. Why not? Do you not want to improve? Do you not want to move forward? Do you not want to push through? Do you not want to overcome? Do you know overcoming takes work? You know what it takes? It takes not quitting. Who wants to overcome? But who continually gets right to that edge and quits? Lord, I'm right at that edge. Take the shears to me. I've, I've gotten to right here and I've just grown in all these areas and I can't figure out how to get through. Yes, right there it is. Doggone it, I love this thing you just cut away. God, can we have a memorial for that? I just love that. I don't want that to die. God, I really kind of like this. Would you please bring this back to life? You're not going to bring it back to life? Okay, then can we have a service after church and we'll just talk about that for just a little bit. My heart hurts. God knows. It's precious to you. He understands. It's precious. But we need to let that die and move on. Do you know what's awesome? Sometimes you'll get your priorities right and you'll get running on, uh, getting running and doing great and you're on target. You're connected to the vine. You love the Lord. You're on fire. And the Lord says, life back to this thing. Now, Paul, you're ready for that. Oh, yes, I, I love this thing. Thank you, Jesus. I knew I was supposed to do that. It just wasn't the right time yet. You know what? That's, that's what a parent does. My kids say, I want to do this. Not yet. Not yet. You're not ready for that yet. My little 12-year-old, she has not said this, so don't take this. But 12-year-olds will come up and say, I want a boyfriend. In our family, not yet. That needs to die for a little while. 
but I found somebody, and man, he, she or she's great. Yeah, it's great. I know. It's okay. You can be excited about it and be looking forward to it, but not yet. Dad, can I drive the car? No, you're 12. <laughs> but Dad, your dad let you drive at 12. Yeah, but he was crazy. What your parents did isn't always what you should do. And a lot of things, what your parents did is what you should do. Thank you. How many of you have these things that just kind of need to die for a little while? Let the Lord have it for a little while. If he wants to bring life back to it, let me tell you, he can. But you know what's so great about our Father God? If you want to sit here and do this until the day you die, he'll let you. Or you can let him prune you. I want the Lord's pruning. I'll cringe every time I say that. Oh, God, what are you going to do? Okay, I really do trust you, but don't do this right here. This is really important to me. You know, if discipling, if disciplining is about sin, pruning is about self. In pruning, God asks you to let go of things that keep you from his kingdom that keep you from his kingdom purposes and from ultimate good. Pruning is how God changes the pictures of your life from the basket that's almost empty to a basket that's running over. And I know some of these things in your life that God has been talking to you about are precious to you. Believe me, I mean, how many of you know life is about dying to stuff? Marriage is about dying to stuff. You know, if you'll take up your cross, if you'll daily just give yourself up for the Lord, He'll bring life back to you. He's not going to let you dry up and die on the vine. He's going to bring life. And not just bring life, make you abundant. Do you know a seed? A seed has to get in the ground. A seed out here by itself can't do anything. But if you'll allow the Lord to do his, his work in that seed in the ground, it'll split, life will come from it, and produce so much more than that one little seed could ever do on its own. That's what he wants to do in you. Are you praying for more of God in your life? Let me ask you as I close this morning. Are you a willing branch? Are you really? What does it take to be a willing branch? I believe it takes a very simple move of you getting in the Word of God. I believe that that is the start. Will you be willing to get in your Word daily? Do you eat daily? What if you only ate whenever you got in the Word? We'd have a bunch of skinny people. <laughs> How willing are you to connect to the Lord? So I want to say this. Put your money where your mouth is. If you're saying, I want more of God. If you're saying, yes, God, I'm a willing branch. Really? You can sit here and tell me. That's fine. Doesn't mean anything. 
You sit there and say, yeah, I'm a willing branch, but are you really? Or are you not? There is no pill you can take. There is no shot you can get. It takes a willing and obedient heart. Life is, in, is right in front of you. Yogi Berra. I once made a quote of Yogi Berra, and somebody thought I was talking about Yogi Bear. Yogi Berra was a catcher for the Yankees. He has all these great quotes. But Yogi Berra once said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Nobody eats at those restaurants anymore because they're so busy. Man, are y'all even awake? No one eats at those restaurants anymore because they're so busy. Whatever. Lord, what is happening to this congregation? Are they even hearing what I'm saying? It's never over till it's over. Deja vu all over again. It's deja vu all over again. These are Yogi Berra. When you come to a fork in the road, when the Lord offers you a way out, take it. I'm sorry to be so blunt, but you are a fool tonight. You are out of your mind. If someone offers you the right way out, why wouldn't you take it? Next move is yours. You take the right move and fruit is on the way. You can't keep the fruit from being produced. You can't keep it. It's in God's hands. You can't stop it. Are you willing to allow the Father to place His hands on you and change you? Get in the Word. Seek after God. Ask Him to help. Now listen. Ask Him to help no matter what He says. It's, it's, sometimes we can say, God, I need your help, and then He gives you the answer and you don't take it. Take it. Um, a prayer that really moved in my life was that I, I started praying a very simple prayer over my children and my family and my life. And it's the prayer of Jabez, Lord, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil. Um, I don't remember exactly the scripture. It's in Chronicles. Lord, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and you would keep me from evil. And that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in my life regardless of what that means. Now you can pray that prayer or you can pray that prayer and try to walk it. You're going to fall down. You're going to bump your knee. But will you get up and keep walking? You're going to get in the Word and there's going to be some things that's going to try to hinder you. But when you fall down, will you get up and try again? You're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. That's why God gave us grace and mercy. He knows your heart. If you're trying, he, how, is your, how, how should a father be if a kid is trying? Merciful and full of grace. Helping the child up and encouraging. I saw that mistake. It's okay. Here's the way to go. Let me help you. Way to go. You're going to make it. Fathers, helping our children up. You're going to make it. 
you are a great child. The Lord loves you and I love you. And I may have been an absentee dad up until now, but not anymore. I don't know what it looks like. I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall a lot as a father, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to meet you right where you are right now. And I'm going to have a great impact on your life from this point forward. You know what Father God is saying? If you will let me, I'm going to have a great impact on your life from this point forward. Will you let him? Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I know it takes a miracle to move our hearts. I know it's taken a miracle to move mine. If anybody's heart has been hard to move, it's been mine. Forgive me, Lord, for resisting your your hand. I just ask you, Lord, to move in these men and women, these kids' hearts today. To say, okay, God, I'm going to try. My life is not working the way it's going, and I recognize that I need help. Father, will you help me? Get me up out of the mud. Put me on that trellis. Lay your hands upon me. Cut away what needs to be cut away. Prune my life. And Lord, help me to, to produce godly fruit. Move in my life. Would you pray that with me? Move in my life, Lord. Lord, I give you my heart. And I'm going to get in your word this week. You may be here today and you've never taken that first step of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want you to get up out of your seat and walk on down here right now. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to get up out of your seat and walk down to this aisle right now. If you say, Pastor, that's me, I need to put myself in the hands of the Father, I just want you to stand up and walk down here right now. Just make a move of faith right now. Father, that's me. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Everybody stand up with me and we're going to sing.